Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome back to Ruin. This is Hallie. And this is Allison. And we are doing something, again, not a little different. It's, it's all in keeping with what we do here on Ruin. Um, we are doing our, our the loose theme of this month of horror is being a teen sucks. So many horror mm-hmm. movies touch on this very true reality. Yes. Um, and we are also uh, this week bringing back a podcast. We actually, this is an episode we recorded before we formally launched Ruined. So the audio mm-hmm. quality is not quite as good. This is when we were like, we just got to start recording. The people need to get here, hear yeah. us talk we about were a movie. Learning what the hell we were doing on a podcast and, uh, it's still a great, fun, ruined episode, but if it sounds a little bit different, it's supposed to. We know. <laughs> yeah, we, it, we 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 meant it to, actually. We wanted it yes. to sound like this. And yes. um, we thought, having recorded this, what better movie to fit into the Being a Teen Sucks plotline or theme than Nightmare on Elm Street? Now, of course, if you're the listening, you, we know you've already done Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs> now, we're going to go back and do the first one. We are not drones that... that uh, worship chronology. We exactly. are all over the place. We are agents of chaos. Time is a construct and that <laughs> unfortunately we all live and die in. But in this but, case, I would say Freddy Krueger, he definitely violates space and time a lot. So it's yes. sort of, he's again, in keeping with what, what we intended this all along to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, just to have carried the theme uh, forward, Allison and I will be telling some embarrassing, horrifying, awkward, weird teen stories. Sort of those moments yes. as a teen where you're like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know what the world was. Like, give me yeah. a break. I'm just, I'm a chick, I'm a baby chick. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I wanted to tell a story. Um, I really don't have any, like, I didn't get in trouble. I didn't do anything cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, I was like, oh, I, I ran away and went to a concert or whatever. So these are yeah, my versions same. of these stories. And Allison, I'm mm-hmm. excited to hear yours. But I um, can't wait. The thing I want to talk about is I, so I worked as a receptionist for our church. So we went to our, like, local Catholic church. And I was very bad at it. I was terrible at collating, ter- terrible at using the phones. <laughs> Remember having to use a phone? I was constantly hanging up on oh, people, people God. who are like calling priests for like an emergency. You know what I mean? Like, right. these are people calling in the evening to be like, some, some, please come to the hospital. My mother is unwell. And I'd be like, and sure, they, immediately hung up. Like, can't they get out teen. how to do it. Imagine needing that and getting a teen on the phone. Hello. I mean, listen, <laughs> I think I made $8 an hour. Good money. Mm. And, um, but during that time, my, like, I would live in fear of those calls, right? And I would constantly talk to my friends about it because I'm like a neurotic, you know, anxious person. Mm-hmm. But I was so nervous about somebody calling. And it was like people who needed last rights, people who were right. going through psychological problems of their own, people who had real human needs. And again, I was essentially the switchboard operator, didn't know what I was doing half the time. Mm-mm. And nope. then one night I get a call and it is this man who's clearly distressed. And he's like, I'm afraid I'm going to kill myself and I need you to transfer be over to the priest. And I'm like, I don't think he's in. I'm trying to figure it out. 
and I know what he's asking me, I cannot do, Allison. And so I burst into tears on the phone. And then from the other line, I just hear insane cacophonous laughter. And it turns out it's my friend Jess was prank calling me (gasps) because he knew I was so distressed about this. And I literally, I was like, that's really funny. And I literally hung up and went and cried in the bathroom. And then separately, this is in college, I uh, had to take my computer and I went to Notre Dame, which is like a very strict, like you could could technically speaking get kicked out for having sex. So it's like a very weird place with a lot of horrible rules. And so um, I took in my laptop to get fixed at like the computer center and I got a call from a number I didn't know. And a person I didn't know and was like, hi, you know, we found a lot, a significant amount of gay pornography on your on your computer and we're going to need you to come in and like, you know, you're going to have to like talk to like the, whoever uh-huh. punishes people, whatever. And I'm like, um, and also I was like, I don't think I would have downloaded anything. Like I still don't understand why anyone downloads porn. It's just, <laughs> you just watch it on the internet. And again, I start, I'm like basically in tears and then I hear the same laughter and it's my same friend, <laughs> Jess. And he just, oh, what uh, a friend. he's got, he's a great, he's a vocal actor. And oh, I will just always remember him. that moment of like, ha that's a cool, that's a cool joke. We're all having fun. And uh-huh. then later, just like sobbing in the bathroom. Yeah, um, I would yeah. say almost no jokes are fun. <laughs> right, certainly not that one. So, no. yeah, I just want to share that as like a, now I'd be like, okay, I get, I get what's going on. And then, but as a teen, I was like, I guess I have to call 911. Like, I don't know what that's I'm supposed to do in this situation. So traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little bit of my trauma for teen things. years. Yeah. About being a teen. Well, luckily, um, as traumatizing it was, it's not as traumatizing as what happens to poor Nancy in A Nightmare on Elm Street. So we're going to leave you to it, and we will see you next week. And we also wanted to yes. let you know that we are going to be doing a new thing, which is we're going to have our first live online show. So yes. it is live, but you can just watch it from your house. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. If you have a computer, you're good to go. We will be selling tickets. They are $10 each, and we will be doing M. Night Shyamalan's old, which of course is just yes. now arriving in theaters. And as I've said before, we have a rule about not doing movies in theaters, right? Because yes. I just don't, we just don't want to discourage anyone who's on the funds. So yeah. what we're doing is- We don't if, want the, the twist to leak and to everybody be like, well, now I know I don't need to go see it. We we understand the rules of the box office and exactly. are not trying yeah, to disrupt live, those. Especially after a pandemic, you know what I mean? I, mean, I want M. Night to be able it. to make as many movies as he wants, you know? Yes, give us all the twists. So what we're doing is if you, basically you, you buy a ticket and you watch our episode, you will be the only ones who see us spoil old. Later, we may put yes. it on the feed months from now once the movie's out yes. of theaters. But as of right now, if you want to listen to us spoil old, you have to come to the live show and and yeah. see it in that moment. And we're also going to have fun. We're going to make cocktails. You know, we're oh. just, we're, it's going to be relaxing. And that is, of it's course, on Sunday, August 29th. So we will yes. remind you about it throughout the month. But please join us. You can get tickets and more information at momenthouse.com slash ruined. Yes. And until then, please enjoy Nightmare on Street. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's Ruined. Uh, Welcome to Ruined. I'm Allison Leiby. And I'm Hallie Kiefer. And we're here for Hallie to ruin a movie for all of us, me included, uh, because I hate scary movies. And I love them. And that's... I mean, it's a match made in hell. hell. <laughs> a match made in the flames of hell. <laughs>
Well, we're here. Honestly, with the, that's all of my relationships, so it like doesn't matter. Um, um, yeah, that's a different podcast, though. Yeah, that is. We're doing a so, classic. Yeah, today we're going to do a classic movie, which is going to be. <laughs> now, also, I want you to say the name of what you think the name of the movie is. We planned this, and I still now just say what it's you think. Nightmare it is. on Elm Street. Yes. Okay. Interestingly, it's a Nightmare on Elm Street, which I did not realize. Oh, <laughs> articles will change everything. Right. Um, I confuse this movie with Friday the 13th mm-hmm. and also Halloween. Right. <laughs> to me, they are one film. Well, you know, they are of a certain era, and I do feel like being of the age we are, not I mean, young, but not— oh, oh, you mean in our early 20s? <coughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, um, it was of an era where it's like, if you didn't see those as kids, which I did not—I I want to be clear, this is the first time I've ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's so interesting. Yes, okay, which so I'm like not tell element you. of this we're going to have to discuss. This is the first time I've ever seen this, but of course I knew it culturally. Like, this is a classic— I know who—this one is— yeah, yeah. Krueger? Right. Give me a little summary of what you think happens in this movie. She did not watch the trailer either. I have not watched the trailer. I, I only know this through cultural osmosis. Jokes on The Simpsons. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, The Simpsons is really my touchstone for everything that happens in culture that I haven't seen. Um, it is a man who's been in acid. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where it looks like he had a chemical peel. Great. Uh, with long... Wolverine fingernails uh-huh, and right. a fedora. Yes. And a striped sweater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what does he do, Allison? What do you think he does? I mean, it's nothing good. Yeah, nothing good. That's right. I feel like he murders children. You know what? You hit the nail on the head. I'm so glad I got this. Okay, so maybe we don't even need to talk about this because it's late at night and I'm not super excited to have Bad this news. explained to me. <laughs> I watched it and I loved it. Of course you did. So we're going to talk about Nightmare, A Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984, written and directed, of course, by Wes Craven. 1984. I and mean, then, that's long before I was born. <laughs> oh, boy. I was born in the theater when this was um, the airing. And then uh, Freddy Krueger is famously played by Robert Englund. And, um, you know... He's someone who really made a creepy character his own, very famously. And there's, of course, a lot of I was sequels. just about to ask, is it his face? And I was like, um, well, That's like when my friend was watching Degrassi and asked if now Drake, then Aubrey, uh, was paralyzed. Was your friend raised in the woods no, and, like, had never seen like, TV before? No, she's, like, super smart and normal. This was a Cornell. That's, it was wild when people say things to you. You're like, wow, your understanding of reality must be so and different like, than mine. Soon, it was what, just as I did now, like, as soon as she said it, she was like, that was the wrong question. Right, I know yeah. that that's wrong. If so, but, God bless him. I mean. But yeah, no, the actor who plays Freddy Krueger um, was not horribly burned. <laughs> um, he has a traditional human face. Um yeah, oh, we're seeing a picture of him. He's, Producer I, Sam I, is showing us. I do it. And let me tell you, he gives his all. And um, so we're going to go ahead. And again, if this is something, this is, the genre, of course, is, I guess, supernatural slasher. Okay. Supernatural slasher. Should we also, killer. like, give it a temporal genre as well? Like, when in time? I mean, we're talking. 1984. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Do we oh, have, like, a- the, Over the course of about a week. Okay, no, that's not where I'm at at all. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry, tw- uh, Earth. I mean, uh, like- it, it replaces <laughs> on the planet Earth. Uh, the Mesozoic era. Um, no, but, like, I mean, like, there are kind of, like, ways that, like, 70s movies, 80s movies, 90s mm-hmm. movies, aside from giving them a decade, like, is there kind of, like, a feel that all of the movies, because we just yes, said that, absolutely. like, Halloween, Jason? That's not a movie. Um, Halloween, well, yeah, Jason and Mike Myers. And Mike Myers. Okay, so, like, those yes. three dudes. And I do think this is, is- this a genre? 
Yes, I would say it's a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. I would say it has a lot of the hallmarks of this era, which is if you have sex, you are, of course, going to die horribly. Oh, good. I love, a, a, I love a terrifying sexual moral. If you're a virgin and a good kid, you will survive. You know, just sort of like— Ugh, like we need more of those. And there is something, and that's why I think, like, <laughs> there is a— Sort of when, when Stranger Things came about, part of, like, part of the allure of that era, the 80s era, was like— they do that, like, you as a kid, you have to take charge. Like, you can't go to your parents, really. They're not going to understand. Parents okay. just don't understand. I mean, we know that from DJ Jesse Jeff. Right, and we were 90s kids, so we understand that from, a, you know, a different yeah. uh, set of uh, cultural touchstones. But yeah, I would say slasher, teenagers, um, fucking and dying. Okay, so hot teens. Hot teens. Would be the Pornhub Right. If, this is, if you're watching this on Pornhub, let us know. I bet there is a porn parody. Of course there is. And I bet Freddie's dick looks real bad. Ooh, it's all acid burn? Or like a big knife. Or, yeah, I was going to say. Report or, back if you have seen a uh, nightmare. Wait, Thank you, a producer A Sam. wet dream on Elm Street. We should right, have guessed that. that's pretty funny. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a one-to-one. And there, and so I, I don't know. I guess like there we should is be looking a, up if there are porn parodies of all of the movies that we yeah do. we should. So of course we should have known. Thank you, producer Sam. Moving forward, we'll make sure. And I guess there is an element where it's like it's not simply that it's a serial killer. It's that it's a serial killer who defies death. You know, it's not simply Great. like someone you could shoot and he dies. This is someone, which is a lot of eighties movies too, where it's like the right. person has a corporeal form, but. You cannot kill him. Okay. And his home is always a him. I mean, in a traditional sense. It's like, sense. when are women going to get their chance? <laughs> this year, 2019. It's going to be about all about supernatural female murderers. I guess it, there are more now. Is the nun, the nun's a woman? Um, I mean, but we'll go through. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll establish some equality in the murder realm. Right. So I would say it has that very 80s slasher feel. Again, as someone who has never seen this before, that was my interpretation. Yeah. And I was correct. But I would say the thing that I liked best about— I'm also going to want to know what you were surprised by. Absolutely. I will let you know. So, because there were a lot go. of fun stuff, fun things that I was not anticipating. Okay, great. Open on Frederick Krueger. Oh, no. Making his famous finger knife glove himself— in a are, terrifying boiler room. Okay. What was your question? Are we in the... Are, do we start... The whole movie takes place over the... Like, are we, like, flashing back at any point? Um. Well, let's just say we're not sure at this point in the movie. Okay, so we okay. open... So we just open on Knife Glove. A human, li- seemingly living Freddy is making a Knife glo- Glove. Cut to Tina, a hot 15-year-old blonde, <sighs> in go. a bob, which is, like... You know what? But she's pulling it off in a white nightgown, sprinting down a soaking, dank concrete tunnel. Behind her, we hear a mechanic, like a maniacal laugh. Oh my god! And we see a lamb. Okay, we are coming in hot right. with this movie. And I'm so, already. I would. I'm honest. I'm already out. <laughs> and I would. I would. I <laughs> the did first think, scene. I'd be like, and we're off. Um, I'm done. <laughs> I did think that there is another scene we're going to bring up later. I was like, if you weren't out before, you're definitely going to be out when this scene happens. <laughs> but there's a lot of fog, and that's a signature of the movie. If you see fog, you know it's you're in a okay dreams. And I feel like the like I've never seen this movie. I've never. I, I'm sure I've seen the trip. I've but I've seen clips of it yes. in culture and like the. The wet night yes. is kind of where it all takes place. And you've seen Or is like the hallmark of the film. Yeah. And you've seen like a hot team clam around in a in a in a boiler room 
from hell. Yeah. Where it's like, you just it makes me feel bad for anyone who has to work in a boiler room because this yeah. is like, p- pipes are just Or that hot, Ben Affleck movie, Boiler Room. Which I've not seen. <laughs> I think Freddie Krueger has a cameo in it. It's not a, <laughs> um, So she's she's sprinting around. She's running through the catwalk in this boiler room. Jeez. Finally, gra- uh, Freddie grabs Tina and she screams before she wakes up. She's okay. like, boy, that was crazy. And then she looks at her nightgown and there are slash marks from the finger knife in her actual nightgown now that she's woken up. And her mom, who sucks. I don't like this. Her and mom also- is the worst, mm-hmm. says, you better cut your fingernails or stop that kind of dreaming. Wow, great advice, mom. What kind of dreams does she think she's having with her long fingernails clawing at her own abdomen? And also, how do you stop any Fuck kind you, of mom. dreaming? You can't stop dreams. You can't dreams. stop that. That's not mom territory. But Tina has above her bed, she has a crucifix. So she kind of holds the crucifix to her head, uh, her chest. And there was sort of like a implication, like if you turn towards the light represented here by, you know, Christianity, you, you know, you will have some sort of protection, but not really. Are there Freddy's religious allegories within this film? I mean, the main one is, if you don't fuck, you won't die. Ugh, that's pretty religious. But this is like, it's not explicit. It's just like, right. that's what's in the movie. Yeah. Right. So unfortunately, I got bad news for Tina. She's hot. She loves to fuck. It's so, over. so she goes to um, good on her for fucking with a bob. Right. Well, I mean, it was the '80s too, where you're seeing right, like that's how not, are these teens right, like wearing? now? It's like you see a girl in a bob. You're like, oh, that's what we're doing right. Right. Now. Yeah, it's fashion. So I think back then, same thing. She's like fashion. She's hot. Whatever. So she shows up to work. Oh, I'm sorry, work. What's up? Work for kids uh, school. school. <laughs> uh, she shows up to school, and uh, oh, like kid work. Yeah, school. you know where they go all day. So, and and as she's going up to school, we see these angelic, these four white angelic little girls um, singing a rhyme, um, a nursery rhyme about how Freddie's going to get you, right? So, this is just like a, a nursery rhyme of these kids in this town of Springfield, Springwood, Ohio. Springwood, Ohio. It's not okay. established in this movie, but I guess in the sequel, they say it's Springwood, Ohio. Okay. But what's funny is there are a couple scenes where it's clearly shot in Venice where there's palm trees. So I think it was initially <laughs> I love, I love going a little be, behind the scenes. Like, we know what's going on here. I think they were originally going to have it set in L.A., but they're like, no, it has to be like in some, like some smaller town every, It has to be like every town in America because yes. when like bad things happen in L.A., everybody's like, good. Good. <laughs> I hope they all die. Yeah. So anyway, so Tina goes to school and she meets up with her friend Nancy and— um, uh, Tina's boyfriend, Rod, who is a big fucking dumb lunk— of course. But like hot, but just a piece of How garbage. Hot? What does he look like? Um, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Okay. Like just good looking for he's sure. Not, he's not Jake Ryan. Um, wait, who's Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles? Um, boy, I've never seen Sixteen Candles. That's for a different podcast. Okay, very different podcast. Um, but like a handsome jaw. Yes, dark like, hair, very handsome. And then um, Nancy, a sort oh, of a ma- sort of a Magdalene oh, type. Oh, wait, what are you Sam showing? Is showing us? me. Jake Ryan. I was going to say, that's Jake Ryan. Um, well, you know. thank you. I know yeah, my 80s a, hunks. Um, Rod sort of is like a Matt Dillon type, like brooding, Into sort of an that. asshole. And then Matt Nancy, Dillon, I used to see you on the Upper West Side all the time. Oh. And if you're single and you're listening to this, which I assume you're both of those. Please, for the love of God. call me. Okay. Sam, Sam is showing, just showing yeah. me. All right. Yeah, look, good looking. I, I like the, An yeah. 80s sort of feathered, yes. dark, yes. you know. And so, and then Nancy, uh, you could tell she's a good girl because she's wearing a coordinated sweater vest with button down underneath. Yeah. So like a pink button down, a pink vest. The hallmark, yes. You know what I mean? And then her boyfriend introducing Johnny Depp. Her is boyfriend this, Glenn is played by giant, baby Johnny Depp. Is this his like first big? Yeah. And he he's great in it. But he plays sort of like 
There and it's, he's way scarier now. <laughs> I mean, right? Just a shot by shot remake of this movie with an adult joined up. But no, he's great. He's great in it. And there's sort of like this like playful like tension of like, sure. well, Nancy's not gonna fuck, but like he obviously is like, yeah. oh, Nancy, I just want to fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like, but it's a good trying to be a supportive boyfriend. Um, oh my god, baby Johnny Depp. Yeah, he's like a little baby Tom Cruise at the time. Yeah, like he. You know what I mean? They're all adorable. They look great. So, and Rod's just like a jackass, but you're like, well, my friend Tina's dating him, so right. whatever. So Tina is talking to Nancy, and it's like, you know, I'm having these weird dreams. And Nancy's like, is there a guy in the dream with fingers for knives? Tina's like, knives for fingers. Knives for fingers, <laughs> right, yeah. Fingers He's cutting knives. a steak with two fingers. Ew, That's he probably so would. That bitch would do that. I fucking hate Freddy. Yeah, so basically. <laughs> I fucking hate I fucking hate Freddy. No, I actually really love him. And um, what a one eighty! But so yeah, so um, Rod, like, so Rod's like a fuck. Everyone hates Rod. Yeah, but well, he's, he's like, he sucks. Yeah, he's like a dirt bag or whatever. But then Nancy and Tina sort of realize, hey, we've all been having, we've been having the same dream. Isn't that odd? Just and the so, two of them. The two of them. And uh, so they try to ask Glenn, "Have you had this dream?" But he kind of like brushes it off. And uh, Nancy, or Tina's uh, mom is going to a convention. It's the uh, Terrible Moms Convention in Las Vegas. <laughs> no, she's just going out of time for two days. I was like, this mom's fucking sucks. So Tina's like, hey, Nancy and Glenn, could you come to stay over, you know, and we'll have a sleepover. She's like, oh, Oh, the daughter asks. Yes, Tina, not like yes. I was imagining at first. The mom being like, "Hey, other teens, will you this just like come over would. and keep my teen company?" Because like I can't trust her alone. So it you was should all the eighties. So I feel like that could have definitely happened. That was happened. kind of like more of a parenting style. Yeah. So so Tina's like Nancy and your man Glenn. Could you come over and we'll just hang out or whatever? And so Nancy, you know, tells her mom, and then Glenn makes up some excuse like I was staying with the cousins. So they're having like a fun, you know, whatever. And of course, Rod shows up and Rod fucking sucks. Like the first jump I mean, of scare course. of the movie is Tina going out there and being like, is anyone in my backyard? I hear a sound. And Rod jumps out. Ugh, what an asshole. A dirtbag. And then he pulls a switchblade on Glenn. What? Why and does so he have like, a switchblade? And also you're like, is this guy psycho? But that's not even part of the movie. Like right. he's just like, he's supposed to be like a greaser. You know what I mean? Like just a bad boy. <laughs> it's like, wow, well, uh, such a bad boy that you're going to like stab like Johnny Depp in the throat with a switchblade. Anywho, you're we hate, cool. uh, hate him. Yeah. And so, um, so they're all lying awake and um, uh, Nancy and um, Glenn are listening to Tina and Rod fuck. And Glenn's like, oh, brother, I wish I was fucking. <laughs> like, it's just like <laughs> so silly. And so, um, you know, we hear them fucking or whatever. And Rod says, um, well, you know, I fucked you so good. Neither of us will have a nightmare tonight. And Tina's like, wait. Okay, did- that's like not how fucking works. Right, but Tina's like, wait, did you have a nightmare? <gasps> He's like, yeah, about the guy with fucking crazy kid guy. He literally says, kid guys have nightmares too. And she's like, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, you had a nightmare about the same fucking crazy guy. Also, like, he thinks that like good fucking is how you not have a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, maybe this Men. is Rod. Rod- that's, a ma- that's a man's answer to almost everything. Also, I don't know how old he is. He looks easily 30. I'm like, this probably <laughs> is science to Rod, where it's like, I fucked so good that we're both going to fall asleep and whatever. But. He's like, oh, but he brushes it off. But obviously, he's also dreaming of Freddy. Right. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? 
Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. And so they're sleeping in the mom's bed. And then I'm Nancy, not going to sleep tonight, just like a heads up. <laughs> well, get ready because I'm about to describe a scene for you that I can't wait. I wish I could watch you wa- uh, watch the scene. One day I'll let you watch me watch a scary movie. So Tina in the night, quote unquote, wakes up. And she hears a noise. And she does the thing that you always do when you hear a noise in your backyard. In the middle of the night, when your mom's out of town and just you and your teen friends are, she goes into the backyard and said, is anyone there? No. Tina! Why are you a moron? Well, her mom is a dirt. I blame her. I yeah, mean, she, she has influences. Dirtbag mom means stupid kid. I blame In these movies, not in life. So she goes out and... Um, you know, she walks back, is anyone there? It's like, well, if there is, you don't want to confront them. Yeah, you're not you're like, wearing, well, now I'm outside. Yeah, just wearing like a men's button-down shirt. Of course. And so Is this she, risky business? <laughs> and there are a lot of like, actually like the, uh, Glenn wears like a midriff, like football shirt that is in risky business. Like, Oh, I'm sure, I mean. Or one of those t- early Tom Cruise. Like there's, the aesthetic is all the same. Yeah. I mean, and this so, is every movie made in that era that was featuring people under 30 looked exactly the same. Right, yeah. And so she hears, like, someone whispering her name, and she keeps walking outside. Can you imagine Call being that police. confident? Can you no. imagine being like, I hear a stranger whisper her name. I'm going to go talk, see who it is. At night? In the yard? In the middle of the night, and also you're 15 years old. Spoiler alert, it's Freddy fucking Krueger. Of course of it course is. Of course it is. <laughs> and he's got crazy long accordion arms. Oh, like Slenderman? Jesus yeah. Christ. He's he's the original Slenderman, and he's walking uh, down the, mm. the alleyway towards her, and no. she's, of course, frozen, because it's crazy. Alleyway? Like, sort of, like, their backyard, like, leads to, like, okay. it's like, I, I don't yeah. know, yeah, it. suburbia. There's, like, a garage, and then in between the garages is an yes. alley, and she looks, and he's oh walking God, it's down. it's so scary in my mind. <laughs> no, yeah, it's like, you stare down an alleyway, and you're like, oh, I expect to see nothing, but instead of seeing this, a like, crazy burned-up man with a hat <laughs> with crazy long accordion arm, you'd think you'd run back in the house, she's paralyzed, you know what I mean? And um, I wrote down a bunch of it. He's got, and this is what we were alluding to earlier because it's been about um, 12 months since the Met Gala. I don't know when this is coming out. <laughs> but the theme of the Met Gala this year was camp. Yes. 2019 was camp. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> this is coming out in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy Krueger is camp. He is. He has all the cause of camp, which is, he's genuinely very scary. Like, it's that's an authentically good job. He's also ridiculously over the top. He's also disgusting. <laughs> and he's like a diva. And also just like, a hat. Exactly. <laughs> right. it's, it's like your face is all burnt up and you have crazy spider arms. And you're still going to put on a fedora. i got to keep my hat on. <laughs> Later you find out that he has written his own name in his hat. Because somebody finds the hat, they're like, look at the inside, it says Fred Krueger. He wrote his name in that hat. That's how much he loves that hat. I mean, honestly. Have you ever written your name in a hat? Don't lie to me. I've never owned a hat. I would never own a hat. That's even crazier. <laughs> That's Freddy Krueger level crazy. So he's got this crazy long arm. He's going towards Tina. Of course, Tina's frozen. And what do you say, you know, and that kind of thing. And Freddy Krueger, he has like more one, I wrote that he has more one-liners than a full season of Drag Race, which is true. You Every time you see, he has like a sassy, like little um, saying. What does his voice sound like? It doesn't sound that scary. It just sounds like a- A man's voice? Yeah, like a Terrifying. <laughs> like any man's voice. Yeah, no, it's not like a pleasant, it's not a radio voice. Right. But uh, she says, oh, please. It's not like a morning zoo. Right, yeah. Welcome to the morning zoo. It's Freddy Krueger. Well, so- Freddy Krueger. 
there, so she, Tina says to herself, like, please, God. And he goes, he kind of like, like fans his little uh, <laughs> finger knives out and goes, and goes, this is God. And I'm like, what, what? a little one liner, <laughs> you little diva. And so every it's time. It's like Beyonce you, single ladies. Style exactly. For people that like hand touching elbow. Hand right. Up. He started displaying his glove in this like fantastic, like, oh, you thought that was scary. Yes, look at this, you know? <laughs> And um, and so she, he chases her back to the house, and then he yells, "Hey, Tina, watch this!" And she turns around, and he just cuts off two of his own fingers, and green blood shoots out. And I was like, I was like, okay, not every moment that he is going to have the same finesse. Also, you know what I mean? Watch this! Watch Tina, watch this! And she whips around, which you should never do if Freddy Krueger says if, that. If a man with knives for hands Screams, is like, watch, watch this. this. I'm not fair, watching it. To be fair, it was the least thing I thought. I was not expecting him to cut off his own fingers. You're like, why? why Green would you do blood. That? Green blood shoots out. So she runs back inside. And, um, you know, and the thing is, like, Freddy Krueger is an, a dream entity. Like, there's nothing that Tina, she doesn't know how to deal with this. So this so, is a dream. So, yeah, so we're in a dream. Tina's a dream. So uh, Tina is fighting Freddy physically. Mm-hmm. She's trying to run to the door. She uh, rips off his face, revealing a skeleton. Um, and then oh, he's, what? He's attacking her, and then we cut to, like, um, Rod waking up. And Rod looks over, and we realize Tina never went outside. Tina's, right. this is all a dream. Okay, so we're, Tina this is, is how we're establishing exactly. that she's not. Okay. So in her mind, she's outside fighting Frank Cougar, but she's really just, like, writhing around in bed fighting him in this dream okay. world or whatever. And so, because, and Rod jumps up, because he's, like, dumb, he doesn't know what to do. So he's just, like... Duh! Like he's just like no, don't do that. And she literally like like um like claw marks are ripping in her in her body, and she's bleeding everywhere. And the scene where you would have shut this off is as he's watching. I like that you can predict this at this point. And she's you're probably right. clawed apart, bleeding everywhere, and then like something, an unseen entity is pulling her up the wall onto the ceiling. Nope. So I'm she out. ends up like writhing and clawing on the ceiling, and there's blood spraying everywhere. I was like, that's so like. You can, and I'm sure that they established the rules at some point. You kind of have to intuit it, I'll be but, honest. But, like, things can happen I kind of to had you. to piece together a couple of things. I didn't really understand. <laughs> Look, it was that. the 80s. There were just a lot of dot connecting going on. But, like, you... They're not going to hold your hand. Especially because <laughs> their fingers are all knives. <laughs> or they're cut off and they're scream blood spurting out. Um, Tina, watch this. <laughs> oh, no, why'd you make me watch that? <laughs> Sorry, like, go ahead. That's like, taste this. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. So... Things can happen to you, but you're, but like no one's seeing anything that yes. is controlling what's happening. Exactly. Okay. So, and as a result, um, you know, Nancy wakes up, uh, Glenn wakes up, and Rod the next morning or that night is arrested for Tina's murder. They're like, oh, she a, dies. Tina's dead. Tina's oh. torn apart, bleeding dead. And Rod was the only person in the room with her, and the door was locked because they were fucking. So the police are like, all right, well, you killed her. There's no one. He's no, like, no. There's no answer. And he's already not smart, so he can't explain something that oh, defies yeah. the logic no. of reality. Even if he watched someone murder her, he would have a hard time He'd getting like, himself out of it. I don't know what was going on. This guy's crazy. Yeah. So he's like, I, someone was killing her, but I couldn't see her, which is like all true. But also everyone's like, Rod, it's fine. We all know you fucking killed her. And um, so we find out that Nancy's um, dad, Donald, is a lieutenant. So the dad's like, what were you doing here? You lied to your mother. I thought you were at a sleepover and you guys are fucking and that means you're going to die immediately or whatever. Um, and Rod Rod actually escapes and goes like on the lamb. So Rod runs out. And the next morning, nobody sleeps or whatever. And in the morning, Nancy's like, I'm just going to go to school. Don't let 
let your kid go to school after her best friend gets murdered. No, you put her, like, stay home and just watch her. And the mom's trying to argue with her, like, why are you doing this? She's like, I'm just going to sit home and be, like, miserable and freak out, so I'll just go in. And mom's like, well, you didn't sleep at all. So this becomes an important aspect. Okay, so how does she know she didn't sleep? She's just exhausted. And we know that's true. Like, she didn't, so uh, Nancy didn't go to sleep. Intentionally? No, she was just so upset. But we know, we've established so. Oh, but, like, the murder happened before she would have gone to sleep? Yes. Okay, Yes. So, and this is the first night Nancy has not gone to sleep. So okay. she goes to, but that means as a result, she's very tired. Yes. So she goes to school and um, like as, as, like in It Follows, there's a wonderful bit <sighs> where the teacher, which is Lynn Shay, who's been in a lot of horror movies. She's most recently been in the Insidious movies, which you would not have seen. Nope. But she's like a horror staple. But she plays okay. the teacher. And of course, we're, they're learning about Shakespeare. And so we have an important okay. lesson so from Shakespeare. And the, the line, academics connect to the plot. Exactly. And she said, what is seen is not always what is real. Oh, according God. to Shakespeare, just generally. And then, in a funny little turn, somebody has to get up and read from, like, Julius Caesar or whatever. And it's so boring that Nancy starts to fall asleep. Of course. Which is exactly what, but also you could do anyway. So yeah. she, you know, we we know that she has fallen asleep. She wakes up and she looks out we the door. We do know that. We know this. Because it has that foggy, misty yeah. little look. So she's, uh looks out the door and um, we see uh, Tina covered in blood in a body bag. And she's like, hey, Nancy. And it's and Nancy's like, oh, I should get him to follow her. Girl, no. Why? Mm-hmm. You stay, stay as far away from an already dead talking friend of yours as you can. T- stay in school. Specifically stay in your safety. <laughs> Literally stay in school. <laughs> so she walks outside and sees this in the, the hallway. <laughs> and she sees like this like snail trail of blood. And oh. we look up and this is, there are a lot of like very... Um, scary images that I don't, I didn't know were in this movie. So you just see like um, Tina's body being dragged along by its feet by no one. So it's the same idea where it's like this invisible entity oh, is dragging God. her along the hallway. It's very scary. Why are we doing this at night tonight? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you do have to walk home. And now that I mentioned it, nope. there is a woman in a body bag covered in blood outside. It was asking about you. And I, so I gave her your address. Is that okay? That's, was she like, hey, Hallie, watch this. <laughs> no, she was like, hey, could you tell? Um, nope. Actually, you know what? I'll just save it. It'll be a surprise <laughs> when you guys walk out. Yeah, I mean, she cut off her fingers, I but she didn't tell me to watch. Thank you. Um, she's like, hey, tell Allison I got something special for her when she comes out. I'm going to have to stay up all night now. So, um, so, uh, so uh, Nancy follows her friend's body. Nancy's a good friend to the point where she should not. Because this is the moment where, like, do you, if you remember in Hereditary where I sort of harangued you for not, for saying you wouldn't pick on my severed head? I mean, I think we did end up with a pact that we would pick up. Absolutely. And I'm saying, I want to make a pact that if you see my dead body being dragged down a hallway by nothing, (laughs) you don't follow me if I'm already dead. Yeah, I I would also say the same. Don't. If you see it, be like, Hallie told me not to endanger myself. So Nancy, because Nancy follows it, of course, where's that body going? they didn't make that pact. Exactly. They didn't didn't discuss the specific thing. Which which is is what you got to do with your friends. That's what our friendship is about. So uh, they, so she follows the body. And, of course, where's the body being dragged to? The boiler room. Of course. Never go. In the school? In the school. The basement okay. of the school. The implication is that all buildings have a terrifying boiler room, which honestly might be true. I've never been I have one. no idea. I mean, I guess they have to have a boiler. So, Do they? What is a boiler? I think it heats the water, right? Does it? Um, I mean, I, I Producer mean, yes, Sam that, is nodding a fervent yes. So boiling water is a boiler room. Right, so it's Got the it. it's the most cursed room in a, in a building. <laughs> so she goes down there. Of course, Freddie's chasing her around. 
Freddie at one point silently doesn't even bother to say, hey, watch this, lifts up his shirt and slashes like his nipple area. <laughs> and his chest rips open and a bunch of maggots covered in no. green ooze just falls out. What? That's a deal breaker, girl. <laughs> Get out of that boiler room. Don't look for your friend anymore. Yeah, you no longer, it, whatever happens to her doesn't matter. You have to get out. And so she's running around and she can't figure out what to do. So, and I think like at this point, Nancy's starting to realize like, oh, this is a dream. So she burns her arm on a on a pipe and she wakes up and she's in her chair. Okay. Uh, in in class. Okay. And the teacher's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have come to school the day after your friend was brutally murdered. And you haven't slept in twenty four hours. Um, and- just go home. You know what I mean? Or uh, Nancy said, I'm just go home. But then Nancy realizes she has a burn mark. So the mark that she sustained in her dream is real. Is, the injury is real. And why did it wake her up? Like, do we know the rules of the game yet? Where, like, what wakes you up versus doesn't? Um, I think they play, play pretty fast and loose because yeah. Tina was murdered. It doesn't seem like this has a lot of rules and it's more a lot of, like, and I would catchphrases. S- yeah, and I would say the thing that they're using, which I think is very effective, like, when you see the Freddy Krueger with super long Slenderman arms, it's dream logic. Mm-hmm. So you're like, Don't yeah. say Slenderman. Um, well. I mean, I know I said it, but. It's like, it uses a dream logic where it's like, when you're within the dream, like, yeah, and then essentially becomes sort of part of the way in which that Nancy is able to combat this is if you're aware that you're dreaming, Mm -hmm. can you start to influence the dream? Okay. And so that sort of becomes introduced in a little bit, but Nancy sort of figures out at this point. So she goes home. Oh no, she goes to visit Rod. So Rod's been arrested and Rod's like, I didn't do it. She got murdered by a crazy invisible man. Where he, is he? He's, he's in, in a prison. Station? Okay, he's in prison. And, you know, Nancy's dad, who was a police officer, is like, I don't want you visiting him. He's a murderer. Murder your friend. Like, why would you want to talk to him? She's like, yeah, I think it's like a little more complicated than that. I've seen this crazy guy or whatever. And, oh, she didn't, she doesn't mention the dreams then. And um, so she goes home and... Um, they both, she and Rod both realize, like, we've been having the same dream. So, of course, she goes home and immediately gets into, like, a really cozy, warm bath. And this bath okay. looks so cozy. Mm, I like So it. warm. And I mean, I love a bath. Don't oh, get no, me you're wrong. getting sleepy just looking at her in this bath. Mm, I don't like this. I would never go to sleep again. I would do so much cocaine. And also, well, I mean, so eventually she does start to take um, no-dose and, like, yeah. caffeine pills to stay awake. And she's mainlining coffee. And they make clear the show. So she has not slept— you know, this is the evening after. Yes. So it's like 24 hours. So since. she hasn't really slept except for this, like, class nap. Yes. Okay. For five minutes, as far as we know. Right. So she's in so the bathtub. sliding herself into right. warm bath. And the most harrowing and disgusting see, image in the movie is that you she falls asleep in the bathtub, and you see Freddie's hand come out from between her legs. <gasps> like, he's coming up from no. the water and, like, reach up. Luckily, her to mom— To grab what? To grab her vagine, as far as it looks like. And luckily, her mom, like, Bart, is like, Honey, don't fall asleep in the bath. People yeah, also, you'll drown to death. Exactly. And she's like, Shut up, But mom. also, like, drowning to death is, like, the least scary version of what happens she to should, you when you take that Any bath? of these kids should be so lucky. I mean— and they do a really fun where, like, Nancy and her parents, she's like, fuck you, mom, and, like, shut up, mom and dad, you don't understand me. And they don't. But also she's, yeah. like, it's, like, I have, like, a good a, like a good mix of, like, she's very smart and, like, figures a lot of stuff out. But also she has, like, the emotional. She's still a teenager. Exactly. She's like, mom, leave me alone, Bella. You know. You don't get it. So then she um immediately uh, goes back into the bath and starts to fall asleep again. So Freddie attacks her and is dragging her down. And in the dream, the bathtub is, like, you know, bottomless. So she's being dragged down to dragged this, like, underwater. Yes. Into like oh, essentially yeah. a void filled with water. She's screaming. Her mom eventually has to like pick the lock of the door 
and busts open. But then Nancy's awake and her mom's like, are you okay? And she's like, mom, I'm fine. Obviously she's not. But she feels like, I can't tell my mom this crazy nightmare, man. She's not going to believe me. It's worth a try. Right. Just saying. And so she, so then we, that's the first time we see her take no dose, you know? Yeah. And so she's, she's, she's watching Evil Dead in her rooms later that same night. And Glenn climbs up the trellis to come talk to her. And she's like, Glenn, are you, are you having these dreams? Because Tina and Rod are dreaming of this crazy guy. Glenn's like, I don't really think so. I don't believe you. Like the boogeyman's not real. I don't really think so. You would know. And so Tina says, hey, would you just stand guard? I'm going to go to sleep. And if you see me distressed, if you see me freaking out, wake me up. So she goes to sleep. And um, I think, honestly, I at this point, I would just let Freddie murder, murder me. Because the idea of having to go this long without no, sleeping. I'm tired thinking about it. And then every time you have to go to sleep, Somebody you might murder. Somebody has to be, yeah, no. The, I couldn't the panic, do it. I mean, short of, like, being in a hospital where you're constantly, and, like, people are just there ready to, like, wake you up at right, all times. Yeah. And, like, have the ability but, to save you if exactly. you need to be. But even, like, you could but only you could have your sleep. life. You also, like, you can't sleep longer than, like, 10 minutes at yeah. a stretch. No. Maybe like, 20. not even sleep. And so. I sleep that, like, while I'm doing things in my daily life. So, it, we next time we cut to, we see Nancy in her jammies walking down the street. We know it's a dream, again, of because course. of the fog. But Glenn is also in the dream. It was like, oh, no. I'll watch you, you know, whatever. So, she um, goes in the dream. She goes to the prison, and she watches through the window as Freddie materializes and goes to kill Rod. So she's like, oh my God, I have to wake up and go right. go make sure this isn't actually happening in real life. In the real life, we see, of course, that Glenn has fallen asleep on the fucking job. To be fair, I mean, he's a 15-year-old boy. And he's doesn't, And he also doesn't believe any of this. So he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you'll go to sleep and then I'll yeah, go to sleep. Yeah, and then I'll go to sleep and it's like, fine. I just need to make sure you fall asleep. Yeah. Exactly. And so she's freaking out. And then Freddie, of course, chases her in the dream back yeah. to her house. And as she runs up the stairs, the stairs start to melt. No. And like drag her down. And it looks like weird, like um, like putty, like dragging her in. Ugh, and It's very scary. And she's, you know, trying to convince herself, like, you know, it's just a dream or whatever. Freddie jumps through her door no. like, and emerges through the mirror and the mirror shatters. They have a pretty long fight scene where she's kind of kicking his ass a little bit as Glenn is asleep. And um, finally, like, you know, she's able to and wake herself up. is Glenn fighting or participating? Or Glenn is, is dead there? asleep. He's in both the dream and reality. He's asleep. <laughs> Jesus in a chair Christ, next Glenn. To her, next to her. I can't even. So she Why is he up. not getting attacked? Um, we don't know yet. But we, the implication is that, like, so Tina's dead, then Rod's going to die. Right. And then somebody else will die. Will it be Nancy or um, Glenn? Yeah. So Nancy wakes up, and she's fucking furious at Glenn. She's like, I asked you to do I would murder thing. him. You know? And so they run over to the prison, to or the jail, to see if Rod's okay. Her dad's there working late, and... The implication is that, like, Nancy's mom and dad are, like, sort of, like, they live in the same house, but they, like, are not talking to one another. They're, like, sort of estranged or whatever, and her mom's an alcoholic, and it sort of becomes more and more clear. So they're just kind of, like, spaced out. Like, they just, like, are not— Yeah. They don't believe her. They're not tuned in or whatever. So she runs in. She's like, fuck you, Dad. I need you to check on Rod. I'm afraid he's, uh, uh, like, murdered or whatever. Meanwhile, we see Rod's is asleep. So, of course, um, Freddy Krueger uh, makes his bedclothes sort of writhe around him like snakes— and then oh, form a no. noose, and then strangles Rod. So, but when they find Rod, they think, well, he's just committed suicide. Or oh, uh, right, he's yes. died by suicide. Yes, of course. And so, and Nancy's like, I told you, Lola. And her dad's like, oh, boy. Like, she, her, his dad thinks, her dad thinks, oh, no, she's losing it. Losing it because she's seen her friend die. Right, exactly. And it's horrific, but it's not tied to these nightmares or whatever. But also, she has not said to her parents 
I'm having nightmares about murder. Exactly. Because she does, she knows they're not going to trust right. me. You know, or like, give me whatever. So then um, they go to the funeral for Tina the next day. Mm-hmm. Nancy has not slept. So this is the second night Nancy has not slept. Okay. So at least 48 hours, if not more. And they go, and um, after the funeral, uh, she tries to tell her mom and dad, hey, um, I'm having these dreams. And this is how she describes the man in her dreams. He's burned, and he has a weird hat (laughs) and a red and green sweater, and he uses these knives. And I was like, if you had me list four qualities of Freddy Krueger, he has a weird hat is would not be number two. It's not number two. It's not number two. It's number one. Also, it doesn't matter what he looks like. He's haunting me in my dreams and murdering and trying my to friends. Mur- yeah, he's killing people. Also, nice for hands. However, when she says this, both of her parents get a look of recognition. And she's like, what? Does this sound in any way familiar? And they're like, oh, no, that's just a nightmare. You, you kids are crazy. There's nothing... Clearly, they know... What, this is generational. Yes. Something has gone on. The sins of the father, or in this case, are the mother, the are passed Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better, too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. So her mom says, hey, you know, it's whatever, uh, let's say a Tuesday. Um, I'm going to take you to a sleep disorder clinic. I don't know how health insurance worked in the 80s, but you can't just show up at a sleep disorder clinic (laughs) with no appointment. But her mom takes her. And um, no appointment. Like I was like, there's no way. That's, even if there was a sleep disorder in a clinic in Sleepwood, Ohio, which there is, you know, up. there's not. Her mom, her mom's name is Marge. So Mama Marge takes Nancy to the sleep disorder clinic. They must have great. The probably the police has great health insurance. So they show up. Yeah. And they wire Nancy up. But there's, like, a very scary scene where, like, they're trying to treat something that is supernatural in a medical way. Right, which is just not the answer. No. And Nancy's trying to tell them that, but they're like, <laughs> she's just, you know, she saw both of her, she had two friends die yeah. in these horrific clearly ways. Clearly yeah. psychotic, yeah. So we think it's just anxiety, but to assuage your fears, Marge, we're going to put her under. So, of course, she goes under into a dream. And she starts getting murdered by Freddy Krueger again. I mean, of course she does. Because, like, that's just what he does. He's consistent. And so we see the doctor monitoring her. It's like, her heart rate's really high. And then they cut to her, and she's, like, screaming and thrashing. So they run in, and this time she wakes up, and she has brought something back from the dream. And what has she brought back? His hat? His hat! Of course, because she was like, this is the thing I can't stop thinking about. And so the mom has to look like, I remember that gross, weird hat anyway. But she still does not say... Okay, mom, now you're part of the problem. Right. So then they're back home, and Nancy's basically like, 
I know that you know something's going on. I'm not crazy. This happened. I have two friends that died. Freddy Krueger, also in the hat, it's written Fred Krueger. Well, that's also kind of a him problem. Right. Oh, I want to be clear. I think this is all a him problem. looking to get caught. Right, I don't know how you catch someone that only lives in dreams, but... Right, like he, but yeah, he definitely wanted to, he's a, he He wanted to create, yeah. (laughs) And so he's like, there, it says Fred Krueger. I know. Also, what if somebody gets the hat? He needs it back. Right, and and I do appreciate that for the rest of the movie, he does not have a hat on. The implication is that he has one hat and he can't get another one. (laughs) Which I really, I really enjoyed. So he's he is hatless the rest of the time, and um, and she's like, "Mom, I know I'm not crazy." And so her mom um slaps her. Also, you see the mom is like taking shots of vodka at like eight a.m. Oh, I mean, yeah. so this I mean, is I next, can't imagine that this woman is with it. So this is like the third. So it's been three nights. So okay. it's been at least seventy two hours since Nancy. So Nancy is like really falling apart. Yeah. Here. Oh, I mean, oh. Me- Eight hours of sleep. I'm exhausted just doing this. Honestly, I'm tired. (laughs) Oh, and then also when she wakes up from this sleep thing, uh, part of her, um, uh, in the sleep, part of her hair has been um, turned gray. So like she's really starting to fall apart, right? Okay. And so Nancy's like, I know that you know this, like whatever, her mom slaps her and says, you're just, you're crazy. It's just a dream, which really makes, instills confidence in your child when you scream and slap them and say, you're crazy. It's like, okay, okay, am I? I brought a hat back from somebody, my dream mom. Um, <laughs> you dumb bitch. And, uh, you know, and her mom's alcoholic and you're starting to be like, why is her mom so fucked up? Like, yeah. why is her mom right. so committed to pretending this isn't real? Why is her mom drinking in the middle of the day? Right. Perhaps to wash away memories of something that she did. Or saw, yeah. Um, or saw. And, oh, and then this is the scene where they're walking on the... Um, can, over a canal in Venice Beach, clearly. And there's a palm tree, even though it's set in uh, the Midwest. And Glenn tells uh, Nancy about Balinese dream skills, which I did not look up, so I don't know if they're real. But basically the <laughs> idea of, like, lucid dreaming. So, right. like, when you're in a dream, you can control, control your yeah. dream. And uh, she's like, well, what if you can't? And he's like, well, then people don't wake up and we don't know. You know, we don't know what happens if you can't control a dream. And so she gets home, and instead of talking to her daughter and having a frank discussion, what Nancy's mother has done is install bars on the window. Oh, And essentially good. lock her, lock herself in the house with her daughter and being like, you're having a psychotic break. We're going to stay here. Not That doesn't help anyone. But that doesn't help anybody. Ill. Exactly. Like, it's about consciousness, not about, like, location. But also, even if you think your daughter's mentally ill, like, transforming your home into a prison is yeah, not the Yeah, don't take her answer. to a hospital. Exactly. You have point, the insurance. You have incredible insurance. Take her to a psychiatrist or whatever. But they don't do it. And so Nancy's like, this is ridiculous. Like, you can't keep me here. It Also, it won't matter. And so she said, well, I have something to tell you. So she takes Nancy into the basement. And she reaches up into the, the basement. Why? She reaches up into the boiler. Or I can't, I don't know. I what, mean, the furnace I, or something. I assume the every, every house and building has a boiler now. Except for my apartment building, which does not have one. And <laughs> even if it does, it doesn't. And so she pulls out of the boiler, she pulls a package, and she says, you know, Fred Krueger was a child murderer. He murdered 20 children in the neighborhood before you were born. But I guess maybe when you were still born. So let's say it's been like 10 or 15 years. So Nancy was born, but this at least would have been far enough away where she would not have heard about it. That makes no sense. If somebody murdered 20 20 children children were murdered in your hometown, hometown, everyone would be talking about it all the time. And that's what doesn't really make any sense because at first I thought the implication is like, I killed him or I helped kill him when I was a teenager myself. Right. No, the implication is that the people who did it were parents. Anywho, so he goes on trial for killing 20 children. And however, he gets off on a technicality. So she's saying there's basically- Um, Did you possibly get off of 
somebody did sign the warrant or something like that. Oh you know, it's God. really about it. It's a it's about a technicality. Yeah, in the, okay. um, a bunch of us parents tracked him down after they let him out. We found him in an old abandoned boiler room where he used to take his kids. Then lit the whole thing up and watched it burn. He's dead, honey, because mommy killed him. And it's like, well, bitch, well, no, you, you didn't did do it. a very fucking good job because he's here in my dreams. I even took his knives and she opens up um, this little package that was no. in the uh, the furnace and his, his it's his hand glove. knives. Yeah, his, his hand glove. knives. So that's what them. he used. He was that. I mean, he wore the striped sweater and the fedora yes. and the handful of knives to kill the children. Right. Would you think like so this guy has killed 20 kids with hand knives at what technicality? Like, the, like it's insane. Right, it makes no sense. I mean, listen, I'm all about due process, but like, but at I certain think, points, right? So the I think the implication is so if like Anna Delvey, is right? Exactly. In prison, if she's doing, if she's doing a hard time, then why isn't Freddie Krueger in jail? And so I, the what is what is implied is that all, now all of the children of those people who helped with I that see. vigilante posse are now being killed by Freddie Krueger in their dreams, and. um and Nancy's like, okay, cool. So um, I'm going to do that thing that didn't work earlier again and have Glenn come over and wake me up. Well, we know Glenn is great at all the jobs he's given. Right. And so Glenn's trying to stay up so he can sneak out, but his parents are like, you're not hanging out with that crazy girl. You know, she's really losing it. Which again, this is like so, it, this is within like a week of two all of their of friends these- being murdered. <sighs> and if you honestly think she's having a psychotic break, get her some help. You know Why what I mean? Why is she not in a hospital? And so, but so, you know, she's waiting for Glenn to come over. So she's going to try to do the experiment again. And she's like, I'm going to stand up for Freddy Krueger. However, Glenn has fallen asleep at, at home. Well, I mean, I'm only assuming that Glenn is asleep at all times in this movie. <laughs> right, exactly. So uh, so she tries to go call over there, but the, Glenn's dad takes the phone off the hook. Like, you're not talking to that crazy girl, whatever. Um, unfortunately, cut to Glenn, who is dead asleep in his room, and Glenn gets sucked into his mattress. So Glenn's parents are also part of this. Yes. We have to, so everybody who's getting murdered, parents involved. Right. So Glenn gets sucked into the mattress, and in the best, one of the best visual effects of the, of the movie is sucked into the mattress, and then from the, the hole that he's been sucked into, gallons upon gallons of blood shoot up onto the ceiling. Oh my God. And I was looking how they filmed it, and they filmed it, of course, the, it was upside down. down. Yeah. But it looks like an Movies insane cool. <laughs> waterfall. Like, it's a beautiful practical effect. And, but you're like, boy, but then that, you're like, it's blood of a teenager. Right. Glenn, also, there's no way one person could have that much blood. Right. His mom walks in and sees it, which is even crazier. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they call the cops. Glenn is obviously dead. Oh. Glenn's dead. <laughs> and so Nancy's last woman standing. Stop falling asleep on the job, Glenn. See what happens. And so, and they live across the street from one another. And so Nancy's lieutenant dad goes over and he's like, boy, I wonder where all these kids keep getting killed. It's like, well, the one person who knows why is your daughter, who you've essentially locked in your, in her, you know, room or whatever. But she says, you know, I, you know, she, Freddie killed all my friends, but I am not going to, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to get him. So her plan is that when she's, because she realizes, oh, I got the hat. Because I was physically touching the hat when I came back out of the dream. So if I'm physically touching Freddie, maybe someone could wake me up and I bring him back out of the dream and, and then he could be killed. Okay. You know? Yeah. Again, she's throwing ideas against the wall just to see you what know, she's sticks. trying, and I don't really see anyone else doing exactly. that in this film. And because she's like not a lot of the house, and her mom is like at this point in like a vodka stupor because filled with guilt or remorse. Yeah, or whatever. that woman's got a lot to process. Yeah, and uh, so Nancy makes some like Home Alone style like trips and traps that we don't right. exactly know what they are, but sets it up. And then finally, she goes into um, a, a dream state, and um, she realizes she has like a moment with her 
mother and her mother's like, you know, your ability, like your gift is that you're able to face things. And this is in the dream. Well, you're not, I guess at that point it's not in the dream. Yet. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But, but is, yeah, it's like you're, you're able to face things and, and that is the gift that you have. And I, I never had it. I could never face it. So, you know, now Nancy is like, you know, has to do it. So Nancy does something that they, nobody ever does the rest of the movie. And that is, of course, set a fucking alarm. Why? Why on earth? Well, to be fair, she's a 15-year-old girl and this has only been going on. This is probably like a week. So this has been like right. seven days, right? Right. So she has slept in seven days. So you got to give her some credit for even figuring for that out. For thinking of anything. So she goes into the dream. She set a watch alarm for 20 minutes. And she asks her father, who's still trying to clean up this crime scene, in 20 minutes, can you please wake me up? Because he's going to be here and I need you to kill him. And her dad's like, okay. But really, he's just trying to placate her so she'll just right. go to sleep. So he's like, yeah, okay, I'll for sure be there, lying to her. Oh, God. Dad. I know. Se- but he doesn't, does he know the story? No, he Why doesn't ha- know. So his wife never told him. Unclear. Okay. Unclear. The, they don't say that the dad was part of it, okay. but I, you got to think it comes up at some point in your relationship. You would think. I'm not oh, married. I burned a man alive for murdering <laughs> 20 children. Also, it, it was like all of our free friends. conversation. So maybe they did know, but he just was, he anyway. was in denial too. Sure. Because he, no, you're right. He must have known because he knew, he rec- when she described him, he also had a look of like, oh. But they never have anyway, a reckoning, at least sure. in this movie. Maybe they do in a sequel. So finally, she goes into she, her dream. She goes down to the basement. What's in the basement of their house in the dream? Of course, the fucking boiler room. Of course. She's running around. She's fighting. Um, you know, she finds in the boiler room, like she finds the crucifix for Tina's house. She finds Glenn's, Glenn's headphones. She, she, her alarm goes off as she jumps on Freddie, and then it, she wakes up and she's jumping out of the window of her own house. I thought there were bars on the windows, but not that window. Well, it is. She It is because she's still in a dream. So I... she's fighting Freddie, and then she wakes up. So there's a lot of double dream moments. Yes, yes. And, then, and then the lines become blurred a lot, like what's going on. So finally she wakes up in a room to the alarm, but she's able, Freddie is essentially um, dragged into her room. Okay. So he is, he is now. in the present Corporeal. Yes. So okay. her plan Great. did work. So now she's without kinda, a hat. No hat. But now she's kind of kicking his ass. Like she crashes, she cracks a coffee pot on his head. Like she made one of those like uh, you know like yeah. home alone things. He gets hit with a sledgehammer. Yeah, perfect. He falls down the stairs twice. Come on, Freddy. Can't you catch me? Um, and she's trying to scream for her father who's across the street. But, like, every time she tries to, like, go. Why was he not just wait? It's 20 fucking minutes, dude. I guess because he thinks that he, he, she's crazy and I don't know. But you're right. 20 minutes, you know, it, you, we want to be there for your kid or whatever. So, finally, she he she gets him to um, run down into the basement. And then she douses him with gasoline and sets him on fire. And so, in a great sequence, she runs back up. And then he falls backwards down the stair and tumbles down completely on fire. Great. Oh, great effect. Terrific. And so her dad finally comes in, and she's like, go, go look downstairs. You know, Freddie's there. And, of course, um, he's not. And they're like, Nancy, you really are crazy. And oh, no. she's, like, trying to—she's like, oh, no. So Nancy looks, and there's She's, flaming. like, literally being gaslit? Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. And so they—so she sees flaming footsteps leading upstairs. And she runs upstairs, and in my favorite shot of the movie— she opens the door, and Freddie, still on fire, is strangling her mother. Is killing the person what? who helped kill him. Okay. And then finally— and this is in reality? In reality, because okay. finally her dad comes in okay, and great. sees that this is real. Yeah. And the dad throws a blanket over both of them to put them out, put it out. And she's like, be careful, he's crazy or whatever. And then he pulls the blanket away. And you see something that, boy, I was not expecting to see, which is 
Um, Nancy's mom is sort of like a skeletonized version of herself where she's a skeleton, but she also has like hair and clothes. Yeah. And she is being sucked into a glowing blue void, which is the size and the shape of the mattress of the, um, of the bed being, and then she lifts her little skeleton arm kind of to wave. Like, bye-bye. And then the bed turns back into a regular bed and, and Nancy's like clamoring at the bed screaming and her mom's gone. And so she's left there with her dad. And her dad doesn't say shit because what, what, what can do you possibly say? What are you say? possibly say when that happens? And so... Like, your mother. <laughs> but because you know it's not over, you know what I mean? Um, Freddie kind of like stretch... There's a lot of like... St- the take, like Instead of a bed sheet, it's like stretching like it's plastic. So Freddie mm-hmm. comes back out and she gets her like victorious moment where she's like, I have control over this. I refuse to give you power. Not only that, I demand you bring my mother back and my friends back. Like, I, I have control over the dream. Yeah. And he's like, no, and he dematerializes. Okay. Cut to Nancy and her mom in, like, springtime pastels. They look great. Their hair looks great. Nancy's going to a school. Sure. She's like, mom, that was so great. And her mom's like, you know, I'm really sorry. I blacked out last night. I don't remember any of it. But I guess what? I should stop drinking. Like, I've really bottomed out. And this was, like, a real wake-up call to me. And, and I love you so much. And Nancy's like, wow, it really worked out great. And then... um. Uh, Glenn pulls up in like a beautiful red cor- um, uh, convertible yeah. and Rod and Tina are in the back. And so Nancy's like, oh, here, I'm going to school. And she gets in the convertible. And then the convertible's top closes. And unfortunately, on the co- on the top of the car is a very signature red and green striped pattern. And you realize that she this is a dream. And in fact, she has not escaped. That this whole thing. This is a dream within a dream. Like we're just in yeah. it forever. It's like Inception. And so as she, they're driving away, the car starts driving without them, you know, driving. And we see those creepy little um, hopscotch girls from earlier yeah. singing, like, the Freddie song. And then her mom's waving in front of the front door, and Freddie punches out the window and grabs her mom by the throat and drags her body in through the little window in the door. And that's the end. That's how it ends? That's how it ends. Jesus Christ. And I was reading this thing where, I guess, Wes Craven Were wrote, you scared? Um... I thought I was really, the ending I it thought was seems scary. terrifying. And I guess Wes Craven initially wrote like a happy ending where like she does escape and her mom does love and like. And then he was like, of, I can make sequels. Well, no, I think some a producer, I, don't, I have to read the whole thing. We'll, you know. We'll get to it in another pod. We'll, we'll, we'll follow up the story. But I think that at a certain point in time, at least he was like, I wish we had done the happy ending. Interesting. Yeah. Because but I love that it wasn't. I thought it was much scarier. Well, then you leave terrified. Right, and the implication is like, so is she trapped forever in this dreamscape? And can she not? Is she dead? And now, is that what the afterlife is if you're killed in a dream? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of questions about like what is reality moving forward in that world. And I guess uh, we're supposed to think that Freddy is so evil that he can manipulate the reality of dreams. (sighs) Jesus Christ! And then how do you how do you beat that guy? Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing you can do. But there is a sequel, correct? There are many sequels. There's also, I believe, Freddy vs. Jason. Well, yeah. And Jason which we'll get is, to that. Yeah, we're going to have to, like, go through all of these movies. But Right. So what are your, what are your thoughts and feelings about I this? I don't want to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, though I do, there are, like, points of it that I recognize from pop culture. Right. Like, in the same way that sometimes I've gone back and watched, like, classic movies or television shows that I miss. Right. You you get and, sort of. And, and I'm like, oh, that's what that Simpsons joke means. Exactly. <laughs> um. I'm absolutely terrified. Uh, a wet dream on Elm Street. Yeah, producer Great. Sam is showing us a wet dream on Elm Street. Yep, I we'll have to watch that oh, one. Oh, you're highlighting a line? Let me see what this says. Freddie seduces the woman with his glove, which has vibrators affixed to the see, finger. that would be nice. Sir. I want that glove. 
Now that's the kind of movie I could sign up for. I mean, for. now, I mean, that all, I bet it's still scary. <laughs> and I think um, the moral of the story um, yeah, is, don't is, fuck. Well, definitely don't fuck. And don't kill a murderer in a boiler room? I think it's, yeah, like the sins of the parent will fall, will fall to the child. Cool. It's so a, like generational horror. But also it's like, well, what were, I mean, like if, I'm just saying, and this is maybe like, you know, not PC to say, if there was a 20-time child murderer that got away with murder in my hometown, I could be persuaded to kill that person. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't set him on fire. I, I would also shoot him. would just move. Right. But I guess the idea but is But I guess like, like any town, any USA, you could be anywhere. Exactly. Except for Los Angeles. <laughs> well, they got their own problems. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Ugh. You can follow me at Hallie Kiefer on Twitter. And I'm Allison Livey on Twitter. And this was terrifying and great. And keep it spooky, guys. <laughs> I know you don't like it, but we don't have anything. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.